We're beginning, uh, a few weeks ago, we began a series called Relationships Are Hard, and I'm gonna continue that thought today. Um, relationships, friendships can be complicated. They can be messy. They can be difficult. They can be frustrating. And they can be very, very hard, especially when we are not good at picking them. Amen, everybody. And so through the word of God, let's open our hearts to the wisdom of the word to help us make right decisions when it comes to the people in our lives. I guess a good place to start would be this picture right here that you're gonna see on the screen. I borrowed this from an author. This was really, really good. Your circle of friends. Can you see that? Your circle of friends. Here's how it looks. You have on the outer ring casual friends. There are room for lots of them. Not a lot, there's not a lot of time spent together. They have limited influence on you. The next ring you see is close friends. Not room for as many. More time together. Increased influence on each other. And then as we get closer to you and me, it is core friends. Only room for a handful, lots of time spent together, high influence on each other. Now, this is also the model of Jesus. When you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, you see that he loved everybody, he fed 5,000, he trained 70, he discipled 12, but he mentored three. He loved everybody, he fed 5,000, he trained 70, he discipled 12, and he mentored three, Peter, James, and John. And I want to just help you understand, sometimes we throw that word around loosely, they're friends of mine, they're friends of mine, they're friends of mine, that's a friend of mine. And that's okay, uh, as we can see on that picture, that, that there's a lot of different types of friends that we can have. And I want you to understand this, Casual friendships, the furthest outring you have, are by circumstances. People that you met at the bank, clients, friends that you met through other friends, met at a gathering, met at church, maybe somewhere in a lobby in the building, kids ministry check-in, maybe you got someone that you're a coworker with. These are just people you bump into at the bank that you're just casual with. These are casual friends, and we have a high capacity for a lot of casual friends friends. But the next one, close, and you could even say core friends, close friendships are by choice. Choice. The people you let closest to you are by your invitation only, or should be by our invitation only. When you look at those circles, what we're going to talk through today, the last thing you want is someone who should be on the inside on the outside, and the worst thing you want is someone who should be on the outside, on the inside. And so what we're talking through today is just the power of understanding who is in your circle and where they land and how we decide who gets close. John Maxwell, leadership expert, said people can usually trace their success and failures to their relationships. 
Did you hear that? There is no area of your life, direct or indirect, that are not affected by the people that we know. In fact, I believe there are so many people in this room that because of a friend, you're here today. A friend invited you, right? A friend encouraged you, a friend led you to Jesus. Sometimes maybe there are people in the room that you went into business with a friend or a friend has emotionally encouraged you. They brought you to church, they started a business, they encouraged you in hard times. These are, these are the good benefits of having the right friends in the right places. But, but I also wanna help you understand that the negative is also true, that, that there are people whose marriages are destroyed because they let somebody in the inner circle that should have never been there. I could talk through the churches that are split today because somebody let a voice too close that should have never been given any volume. I could take you, I'm sure many of you can too, of the children that have to do split parenting now and, and the businesses that have been broken and the relationships that are strained between in-laws and outlaws and mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers simply because maybe somebody just got in a position they should have never been in. And hear me today, it's hard to get life right when you get relationships wrong. It's hard to get life right when you get relationships wrong. I heard a quote this week that says, how much you grow and how far you go is not based on who you are and what you have, it's also who you are with. Who is in your circles? Who is close to you? Who is pulling you in what direction? Because hear me today, there is not one relationship in your life that's neutral. Every relationship is moving you in a certain direction. Now, let me take you to the Bible. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26 says, the righteous, listen to this, choose their friends carefully. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous, the people of God, followers of Jesus, so to speak, people who are building their worldview through the word of God, people who have established God as priority in their life, they don't pick friends like everybody else pick friends. And so the scripture says you are to be cautious you are to be careful with who you pick to be your friends. Because as we saw in the circle, we're not talking about all these casual friends. We're talking about the people that move real close in, in the circle. They have a lot of influence on you. A lot of influence. They could pull you one way, they could pull you the other. And so this is what we find. Just to help you understand, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Make assessments before you make investments. Before I invite you into my life, before we spend ample amounts of time together, before we go to the movies and hang out, before you come to my house and eat smoked ribs, because that's friendship. That's real friendship. That's love, actually. I'm not sure. Before we go that far, I'm going to take some time and assess you before I open my life up 
to you. Well, how do we do that? Well, let me just take you to what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 7. He said, a good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Verse 20, this is the words of Jesus. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Oh, yeah, you're going to like this today. Yeah, come on, let's give people, let's get them. Jesus, our Lord, is informing us talk is cheap. You can say all you want of how, how good of a person you say you are, but if drama always follows you, it don't matter what you say. I need to see your fruit. Here's what Jesus is, is saying, that fruit in the lives of people always tells on the root in the lives of people. So if you want to know something about a, somebody who you're trying to get in relationship with or friendship or connection, just start looking at how they talk to their spouse Start looking at how they talk about their boss. Start looking at how they handle their finances. And I'm not teaching you to be judgmental or critical of spirit. I am telling you it's okay to be critical in thought. It's two different things. Because too much is at stake to get close friends wrong. So I have to look at your life you have to look at my life and see, is that individual, is that person have a fruitful life in the way that would be healthy to be a part of my life? Because that fruit's gonna influence me. Now, I want you to understand something that, that let me just help all the single people in the room. Any single folks in the house? Okay, there you go, right there. Okay, a few people, not one girl. She's like, no way, I ain't raising my hand in church. It's all fellas like right over here, baby. <laughs> let me help you single people. Let me help you teenagers out. If you are interested in somebody, don't fall in love with how fine they are. Check out their fruit. Check out their fruit. I'm not trying to be ugly, but if the guy makes minimum wage, no offense, no, no hate, we love that, and he's got a Corvette. Something ain't right. <laughs> Something ain't right. Either mama paid for that or him broke. <laughs> he can't get you a ring because all that money is in that car. It may be coming to him, but it belongs to the bank. Check the fruit. It's okay to inspect people. Don't feel guilty for thinking about things like, hey, is your mama's car paid off? Is your mom and dad still together? How long they've been together? Why not they still together? Hey, do you have life insurance? You should ask everything. <laughs> Come on, talk back to me, parents. You want your kids to inspect fruit because they fall in love with eyes and they fall in love with figure and they fall in love with laugh and they'll look right past fruit that tells on the root. And they bring in this joker to your house Talking about he's so funny. Yeah, but he's crazy. 
Have you seen what he produces? Have you, heard, have you seen what he posted? Are you looking at his life? Are you inspecting fruit? Because hear me, we just can't assume that everybody has revealed their intentions. Proximity does not mean necessarily that you're close while I'm inspecting and you're inspecting fruit. Well, Pastor, then how long do we need to inspect people and, and watch people and observe people? As long as it takes. Now, I'm not teaching you to be suspicious of people. That's the intent to gossip and that's the intent to pull people down. I'm not trying to teach you to be suspicious. I am teaching you to sharpen your discernment, to watch who has access to your kids, has access to your wife, has access to your inner heart. Not everybody who's good to you is good for you. And we have to make decisions based off the fruit in their life. Now, don't go home today and call somebody and be like, hey, you got bad fruit, dog. <laughs> Don't do that. Just today, start analyzing where people may need to be repositioned. And you don't have to make a public announcement, by the way. You just start working through, you know what? I'm gonna be busy on Friday night. Because when me and you are together, the fruit on you, if it, it may affect me. Are you with me? So, it's just like when you are in uh, applying for a job and you fill out that application. There's always that part on the bottom or in the back that says references and you fill out the references and you give that to the person, the employer, the business owner, the manager, and then they take those applications and they call your references. And what that employer or that manager is doing they are saying, in essence, tell me about this person. I gotta make a decision for hiring, and I haven't had time to look at the fruit. You gotta tell me, do they come to work on time? How are they to work with others? Are they, are they good? Are they kind? Are they above average? Are they, what they're doing is tell me about their fruit before I welcome them into my world. Because if I bring in a low performer, it will affect my performance. The team will come down. So it's sad that people who are just doing it to make money are oftentimes much more strenuous with fruit inspection than those of us trying to build a family, trying to build our faith, trying to build our minds, trying to build our heart. And if we're not careful, people will, will position themselves around us and because we just think all friends are created equal, we now got a problem because we've let somebody too close that should not have been there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you may be wondering, okay, Pastor Ethan, give me a few, give me a few checkpoints, if you will. What are the places that we should inspect? I'm glad you asked. I came prepared. Number one, these individuals don't have to be perfect but they need to have some unshakable character. If you're gonna let them in your world, if you're gonna let them close to you, you and I have to do the hard work to inspect 
character. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says this. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. He says, don't be misled here. Do not be deceived, meaning that it's easy to be deceived right here. It's easy to let our guard down. It's not easy to, to notice negative effects friendships can have on us. And hear me today, according to the word of God, I'm just preaching the Bible. I'm not trying to get anybody to break up today. But if it fits. Because the tendency isn't that I pull them up. The tendency is that they pull me down. Well, Pastor Ethan, I can't see their character. I get that. But a lot of times, when the character of the person is not clear, watch this. Look at their friends. When you can't exactly see fruit, look at who they laugh with. Look at their pictures. Who are they with? Who are they taking selfies with? Would that be somebody you would trust? Because I'm confident everybody trusts somebody I don't trust. Can you handle this today? Look at their, their, their friendship. Watch the fruit of character. So, so you've heard the statement, one bad apple. You ever heard that? One bad apple. Okay, I don't know what you said, but I'm sure it was right. I just heard, I don't know what I heard. But here, here is one bad apple. If I were to leave this bad apple with other good apples, the good apples don't make that a good apple again. Are you hearing this? <laughs> this is so simple. I feel like I should be in kids ministry teaching this. But hear me. The good don't make that apple good. If I leave this apple in a bucket of good apples, it will spoil all the good apples, make them bad apples, and I have seen it, and so have you. All you need is one sour person in the, in the marriage. All you need is one sour person in the relationship. All you need is one toxic individual to become a part of a small group. All you need, and it will just spoil the rest of the good apples. That's why some of you fight to get your kids in good schools. One parent told me in this church, I've not stopped thinking about it, talking about they put their kids in a certain school, and they told me it was so good. This individual told me I'm paying for who rides the bus with them. Think about that. Yes, education, yes, uh, sports, yes, all of those things and academics and opportunities, but this parent told me I'm paying for who rides the bus because who rides the bus could take good little Johnny and make him bad little crazy Johnny. I got two bad little crazy Johnnies. I wondered why that person asked where my kids were going to school. Now, where are you putting your kids? Now, some, may peop some people may be thinking in the room right now, well, Pastor Ethan, I thought we were supposed to help people. 
I thought we were supposed to lift people up. I thought we were supposed to uh, lead people to Jesus and empower them and, and help them. And yes, yes, Jesus said for us to be salt and light. But Jesus hung out with sinners, hung out with tax collectors, hung out with prostitutes. But the Bible lets us know that he was with them, but they didn't change him, he changed them. So hear me today, because of people's character, I'm talking about their proximity to your heart and to your life. And let's just not assume, oh Lord, help me about this. Let's just not assume that only lost people have bad character. Because <laughs> there's some safe people, I would never leave my wallet around. I don't care how much they pray, they're crooked. Are you hearing? That's number one, unshakable character. Number two, unconditional love. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. Everybody say all times. What I have found out that some people are only good to you as long as they feel good about you. As long as you are what they think you are, as long as you are meeting their interests, some people love you as long as you are compliant to their values. It's like the other day, me and my daughter was in the house and uh, Lily, my little crazy Johnny, little Lily, she told me, I, I picked up a cup and I was drinking it. It was this much water left in it. I drank out. She goes, Dad, my cup. I was like, well, it's empty, Lily. No, 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 that is my cup. And this is what she said, I promise. She's like, I love that cup. I was like, here you go, little psycho. I don't care, you can have it. <laughs> this is what she did. She took that cup, put it back. There was nothing in it. She goes, this is your cup. And I thought to myself, isn't that like a lot of relationships that when it didn't meet your benefits anymore, it isn't your responsibility and it's not you, it's, it's just your cup now. I got, no, 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 a real friend loves at all time. If the cup's full, if the cup's empty, if I'm broken, if I got, some people only love you after the first of the month. Am I, come on grandparents, talk to, you don't even hear from your grandson till the second. Hey, Grandma, I'm just checking in. You guys don't know. You guys looking at me like I'm crazy. I've heard everything you can possibly imagine. Does that make sense, everybody? A friend loves at all time. Number three, unyielding honor. Now, this one's a little unique because you would think this would be considered love. But I have met people that have good morals and I've met people who loved me, but they're still toxic, still dramatic, still someone you need to be cautious with. They may love you, they may not be immoral, but there's still something you need to watch. And I love the word unyielding, meaning that it doesn't bend under pressure, meaning that you're gonna talk about me the way you would talk to me. Proverbs 18, 24, there are friends 
who destroy each other. Friends. I think there's, this one's just being really honest with you. This one's one of the ones I think we have to watch for the most. Because people can love us. They may not be bad people. They can love God being your small group. But this one's a big one. Because one of the biggest tells about a person, I always think this, if you will gossip to me, you will gossip about me. If you'll talk bad about their kids to me, you'll talk bad about my kids to them. And so there should be a level of caution when somebody is, has a negative attitude, have a little bit of a gossiping thing going on, and everybody talks, I get that. But there's an element that sometimes we call them prayer meetings. Hey, I just need you guys to pray. I'm gonna tell you everything and then we forget to pray. <laughs> oh yeah, I was supposed to pray about that 30 minutes of blood I just drank out of somebody. If we're not careful, we'll let people around us that are nice, that are good, that love us, but yet they still have a way of affecting our attitudes, still have a way of, of pulling us into a place that's not positive, and I just think this, when it comes to gossip, let me help you. Uh, if you're not part of the problem or part of the solution, you're probably gossiping. Write that down. A pastor told me that years ago. If you're not part of the problem, and you're not part of the solution, you're probably gossiping. It's challenging, isn't it? It's quiet as you've ever been in this church. My thing is, if it's not your business, if it's not my business, it just shouldn't be in our mouths. We shouldn't be talking about it. And this is an area we could all grow in. But we have to understand that if we are gonna let you, if I'm gonna let Pastor Tommy into my life, and I say, Pastor Tommy, we start becoming friends, we get closer and we're spending time together, I would be devastated to think somebody I let that close to me will talk about me to somebody else. Now, casual friends, they talk all the time. That's just what they do. But somebody who gets close, you better watch people. Because sometimes we only let people close because they're funny. We let people close because they work with us. We let people, those are not good criterias for friendship. Are you there for me? Do you love me? Because I want to love you. A real brother, a real friend, a real sister will love me and will honor me. Don't talk bad about, I can't just, now, the moment you break my trust, you know how hard it is to get it back? And when, if I'm a pastor's kid, I don't even have it. I've got no trust. <laughs> very, very, very little. God help me. But if we're not careful, we will have a struggle in relationships because of people who are not honoring the last one, unambiguous honesty. There's your big word for the day. Proverbs 27, six. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Sometimes 
friendships require us to do what doesn't feel good, even though it is for the good. The Bible says truth sets me free. Somebody, as they move closer into your circle, there needs to be the privilege, hear me, to speak the truth in love. A lot of people will say, I just, well, I told them the truth. If we're not careful, we told the truth and we were mad. We told the truth and we were irritated. We told the truth and we were being frustrated. When we are in relationship, and that core may be very small. It could be a handful, three, four people your whole life. But in that circle, there needs to be honesty. And if you're not careful, if you try to be too honest when you're not in that circle, it, one man told me it breeds rebellion. In other words, if a casual friend tries to tell you the truth, which the truth is still good, but if I don't have a relationship with somebody really far away just trying to tell me the truth, the natural instinct is to be rebellious. You're not invested in me. I'm not invested in you. So for you to speak so candid about me makes me uncomfortable with you. Gotta be careful with people who wanna be spiritual fathers and and mothers, and, and, and they don't even know you. You're not invited to speak the truth. Are you hearing me? This is a little tough, because we all need to hear the truth. But if we're not doing it in the context of relationship and love, it will not be received well. We need to be honest. We need to be real. And here's the big thing. If the relationship cannot handle truth, that relationship wasn't a strong one. They gotta move back out to another ring. They're not ready for it. And it takes two people, right? It takes two people to be honest. Somebody has to be willing to say it and somebody has to be willing to hear it. It's extremely difficult. But the Bible teaches us that iron sharpens iron. The closer, let me tell you, let me just give away, let me just play my cards in front of you. The closer you get to Ethan, the more honest I become. I've never lied. Well, that's not true. We're all lie. I'm a pastor. We lie about our numbers every week. We had 10,000 people at church. I would never intentionally lie to the people on the outside rings, but it's very surface. The closer you get to me and my family, the closer Pastor Tyson we become, the more candid it gets. Because the closer the circle gets, the more vital this becomes. And the influence we have on each other can affect our children, can, can affect our income, can affect our lives, can affect everything. So the honesty that is lacking because people don't want to be rude. They don't want to be mean. They don't want to be, they don't want to, they want to have manners. They want to be nice. The most loving thing you can do is to be honest and tell the people in your lives in a loving way that maybe you have to work through. 
But if you want to have relationships that God has put his hand on, you walk through those checkpoints and you realize that I need to have a friend in my life that can tell me the truth. Can I tell you something as your pastor? I have two or three people that I have verbally, if I haven't given it verbally, then you're not in, if you don't know it, then you're not one. Here it is. I have verbally told them, tell me the truth. I need you to speak to me when you see me getting off track, when you see me failing, when you see me distracted, speak into my life. Because I need somebody that will not cloud it. Give it to me with as much clarity and be honest with me. Friendships can change everything. Friends can bring you up. Friends can bring you down. Friends can make you. Friends can break you. Friends can frustrate your purpose or help flourish your purpose. Friends can make things positive. Friends can make things negative. We all need life-giving, faith-empowered relationships. We all do. And hear me today. This all means nothing if you're not in a relationship the Bible says, who is a friend of sinners. Everything I just preached, you can just pause that right here and understand that Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Abraham was a friend of God. Can I tell you today, there is no greater friendship in your life. He'll always be honest with you. He'll love you unconditionally. He is unshakable character. He is a God who honors. The Bible says if we honor him, he honors us. There is a God who wants to be our friend. And so with eyes closed all over the room, I pray your friendships are strengthened. I pray your relationships are kingdom relationships that empower you to be who God called you to be. If you're in the room today and you maybe drifted from God and you just need strengthened in your faith, maybe you've never known Jesus, can I tell you today, he's the greatest friend you'll ever have. Don't leave this room without knowing Jesus. I'm not talking if you know church. I'm not talking if you know religion. I'm not talking if you know rules and regulation. I'm asking, do you know Jesus? Do you know our greatest friend? With eyes closed all over the room, many of you only know Jesus as a church figure. He's distant, but he wants to be your friend. He wants to spend every day and have a relationship with you. And with every eye closed, I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to include yourself in this prayer. I want you to repeat after me, if everyone can do it. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean in your blood. I believe in you. Be my Lord be my Savior, be my friend, in Jesus' name. If you're one of the people that today you prayed that prayer, we believe in our heart. The Bible says any man that calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, you may have been on your way to hell, but at 10.05, God just turned the tables and you're on your way to eternal life. Come on, somebody give God a big praise. If you're thankful he's been your friend, 
Thank you, Jesus. Will you stand with us all over the room? I just pray for you, your friendships, your relationships, that we will be in relationships that are God-honoring, that will encourage us, strengthen us, make us more like God. Are you ready? Father, I thank you so much for every person in this room. I pray the blessing of God on them. Every person joining me in the room and joining us online, I pray that we will have the discernment to be cautious with individuals whose fruit do not match up to the criteria of the Word of God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that their families be blessed, their minds be blessed, their hearts be blessed, that they will walk in supernatural friendships. Father, I pray for the lonely people that don't feel they have a friend. Bring friends to them, connect them, kingdom connections, and new life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, and everybody said, are you happy to be in the house of God today?